Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear makes some of the best affordable outdoor gear on the market today. I have all of their pants, their tactical jacket, and the Apex jacket. I can't say anything but good things about their clothing, and I wear this stuff daily. I just put the Adventure water-resistant pants and the Apex waterproof jacket to the test on my latest overnight ice fishing trip, where the wind chill made the temperature drop down to minus 41, and it kept me warm and dry. If you want to check out their lineup of clothing and accessories, head over to northboundgear.co and use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout to receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and use my promo code SHELDON, the number 1, and the number 5 at checkout to save 15% off your order. This podcast is brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Rampage Coffee is crafted in micro batches to produce a premium quality coffee that is just not possible any other way. Step up your coffee game and get amped with premium quality freshly roasted coffee. Right now I'm waiting on the sampler bundle where you get to try all four blends for around $20. It comes with a full force premium espresso, code black dark roast, riot medium roast, the C4 extreme caffeine blend, and also comes with some pretty cool looking stickers. If you head over to rampagecoffee.com and use our promo code Buick, you'll receive 10% off. That's rampagecoffee.com. Promo code B-U-I-C-K to get 10% off and get amped with Rampage Coffee. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buick Outdoors. If you're new around here, my name is Sheldon Marion and on this video I'm going to be talking about 5 best ways to cook bear meat. So before we go on to how to cook bear meat and some of the recipes, uh, I just want to give you guys a big heads up that uh, bear meat, it's one of the animals that can carry trichnosis. And trichnosis in bear meat, uh, what it is, it's a kind of a parasite. And what happens, it's in kind of like the larvae stage. And what will end up happening if you don't cook it to 160 degrees Fahrenheit is when you consume the bear meat, uh, the parasite, the little egg sacs will go into your stomach. Your stomach acid will break down the egg sac. And now it'll become kind of uh, a worm. The worms will go into your into your meat and flesh kind of a thing and into all your muscles. And then what will end up happening is basically you'll have worms. And from what I've read and from, from what I've seen, it's a terrible thing to have. Uh, luckily, though, if you do catch it, it seems like it's fairly treatable once they kind of figure it out. You're on uh, pretty well deworming pills for a month or two. And that kind of takes care of it. It puts it back into the dormant stage. But... From then on out, you'll pretty well be living with uh, worms in all your muscles. But with that being said, I've cooked over about 3,000 pounds of bear meat now, and I've never had it. Uh, everybody I've cooked for has never had it. So as long as you cook it uh, well done to 165 degrees Fahrenheit or more, uh, you shouldn't have any problems whatsoever. And on a side note, if that freaks you out, uh, pigs also get trichnosis as well. So uh, with that being said, let's get into some of these recipes. 
So one of the first things that I like to make up, uh, just because it's a, a very easy and straightforward thing to cook, is just a simple bear roast. Uh, usually I take one of the hind quarters, like one of the hams, kind of like the top sirloin or something like that, or even the back straps are really good for uh, making roasts. And pretty well what I do is I just cut it to the size that I want and use pretty well any kind of seasoning that you like. Uh, you know, High Mountain makes great ones, uh, Montreal Steak Spice, and then do like your own little concoctions or whatever. Uh, one thing that I highly suggest is to cut away all the bear fat first. If you're not too sure what the bear has been eating, uh, if it's been a bear eating in like a berry patch or something like that then you'll have any problems whatsoever you shouldn't anyways uh but if it's a bit of an iffy bear where you don't really know you know maybe there's a a calf moose or potentially close to residents and stuff make sure you trim all the fat away because that's uh it'll store a lot of like the bad flavor that some people talk about luckily for me where we live uh we don't really run into that issue i don't think ever uh, so for us, we've been pretty lucky in that situation. Uh, but what I do is I'll take my bear roast and I heavily season it. Uh, you have to think, uh, you know, when you're seasoning something like a steak, the seasoning that's on top is for like that one inch thick cut meat or a roast. It's however big your roast is three to six inches or whatever. So that, uh, that seasoning has to penetrate a bunch of meat. And then also when you're done cooking and you thinly slice it, that little, however thick you make it, quarter inch to one inch slice is what's going to be flavoring that whole chunk of, uh, of roast that you slice up. So I heavily season mine. And then what I do is I brown, uh, I guess, all six sides. You have the top, the bottom, the two sides, and then the two ends. And when you're cooking with wild game, it's best to do it kind of a low and slow. Uh, there's very, very, very little fat in wild game. So when you kind of sear it, uh, it almost makes it a little tough. Where if you do it low and slow, it, it turns out much better uh, in my mind. Uh, but once as I have all six sides all browned up, I'll take a roast pan and I'll put it in there and uh, depending on like the size of roast and all that, I'll, I'll put about half an inch of something like beef broth into the roast pan and I'll have the oven preheated to about 250 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, that low and slow kind of a thing. And uh, what I like to use is my Bradley digital uh, meat thermometer. It's a little probe that's connected by kind of like a cable to a little dashboard and I program it to 160 degrees and what that happen or what happens with that is when you put it into the oven you can just let it cook until you hear the little alarm clock going off and then that way you know that it's cooked all the way to the program setting that you set on it uh, with mine it's either 160 or 165 that way too as you're cooking it uh, every time that you take your probe out and you stab it into it, every time that you pull it out, you'll see the juices coming out of it. And you really don't want that, especially when it comes to something like a uh, a bear roast or an elk or moose. Because there's very, very little fat in there and there's nothing to hold the moisture in. 
Uh, so with that being said, once is that little alarm goes off, I pull the roast out of the oven. And without pulling that probe out, I'll take it out of the roast pan and I'll put it onto like a plate. And I wrap that in tin foil and I set that aside for at least 5 to 10 minutes. And then while that's sitting there and resting, I'll take all the, uh, the juices out of the roast pan. And you can either put that straight into a pot or you can run it through a little bit of cheesecloth or like a fine mesh and uh, kind of just strain out all the kind of bits and pieces that are kind of left behind depending on how you like your gravy. And I'll bring that up to a boil and once it gets pretty well full on rolling boil I'll turn it right down to about a six and I'll grab a cup or a bowl or whatever I got kind of sick sitting around and i'll put about a cup cup and a half of cold water in there and about two tablespoons of cornstarch and i'll whisk it really good and once all the juices out of the roast pan there are boiling up i'll just put in about half of my cornstarch mixture into there and i'll just keep it slowly boiling and using a whisk constantly you whisk it for about three to four minutes uh, as it boils it'll continue to thicken up and then depending on how thick you like your gravy, some people like it kind of runny, some people like it extremely thick. You just kind of slowly add in the rest of your cornstarch mixture, uh, just a little bit at a time, especially when it gets right near that end. Uh, if you put in too much, it'll almost set up like a glue. <laughs> and uh, if you like it that way, then that's great, I guess. But uh, yeah, it'll go from extremely thin to very thick, extremely fast if you're not really paying attention. And then while you're making up your gravy, by then your roast should be nice and rested. Uh, once your gravy's done, turn the heat off, pull it off of your uh, stove, set it to the side. And the reason why you want to let your roast sit and rest for a little bit uh, while you're cooking it, uh, basically what happens on the inside of the meat, the water, it's going like crazy and the meat's all kind of tense straight up. Uh, and once as you let it sit and rest, it kind of starts to cool down a little bit with it wrapped up in tin foil. You don't lose hardly any of the heat from the roast. But what will end up happening is all your the water inside the meat will slowly start to kind of slow down. And the meat will start to relax a little bit. And when it relaxes, it's almost like a sponge and it sucks that water back up into the meat. And then uh, that way too, when you pull the probe out, very little juices will run out and then when you're slicing your meat uh, a lot of times you'll get a little bit of the juices coming out of the meat there uh, but it's not going to be like when you pull it straight out of the roast pan cut right into it where you end up having like a lake of juices and then your roast is kind of kind of dry doesn't taste bad but it's really dry and it's it's not as enjoyable as it could be so letting your meat uh, rest for that five ten minutes or whatever it makes it uh, makes it much more enjoyable and then that's also why I like to use my Bradley uh, digital thermometer I put one probe in it once and I don't have to continuously poke and prod it and because every time you poke it and pull that uh, little meat thermometer out uh, it'll run some juices out but you got to use what you can use and then also with roast too, it's extremely easy to check the temperature. Like I said, take your little meat thermometer, 
put in it. If it comes up to 160 or higher, you should be in the safe zone. And uh, it's very easy to check. It's not like making jerky where there's absolutely no way you can actually 100% for sure say that it was at 160 Fahrenheit. With the roast too, if you just keep it simple, make up some garlic mashed potatoes and maybe some baby carrots. You know, one thing with baby carrots, if you do uh, maple syrup and a little bit of brown sugar, mix that up with some butter. It, that honey maple carrots are just to die for. They're amazing. They go really well. They kind of complement the uh, the berry real good. And then also garlic mashed potatoes. I think everybody enjoys those. So it's a nice little nice little supper there to have with your uh, with your berry roast. Another thing that I like to make up, uh, and some people might not like it, but I really enjoy meatloaf. Uh, with meatloaf though what I do is I don't make a boring meatloaf it's not just a giant hamburger with ketchup on top uh, I'll finely dice some onions and green peppers and red peppers you know like the bell peppers and I'll kind of slowly saute them up in a pan and once they are nice and soft and translucent with maybe a little bit of garlic in there as well I'll take that and I'll throw that into my bear meat uh, usually with one, maybe two eggs, just to kind of hold it together. Uh, I've never used, uh, any crackers or anything like that. I don't think you really need it as long as you have an egg or two in there. Uh, the proteins from the egg really hold it together as a binder. And I mix it all up real nice. Maybe throw in a little bit of green onion in there as well. That's nice, finely chopped. Put it into one of your little bread pans and then... On top of that, I'll put a little bit of brown sugar, maybe like a quarter inch of brown sugar on the top. And then sometimes I put ketchup on it, sometimes I don't. It adds a nice little sweet flavor to it. And uh, pretty well throw that into your oven at 350. And it kind of depends on your oven. Your cooking times vary a lot. Uh, I would say after about 20 to 30 minutes or whatever, grab your probe. Put in there and check and with the meatloaf it doesn't really matter if you stab it a bunch of times might make it a little crumbly in the odd spot but uh just cook it until it's at 160 degrees and then with that one too the meatloaf you can kind of make the same thing uh like the roast there you want baby carrots mashed potatoes or a nice little uh garden salad or something like that or you can't go wrong with green beans and butter with garlic so uh Again, it's a it's another nice, easy uh, meal to make up that pretty well almost everyone can make. You just need some ground ground bear, uh, a handful of vegetables, and an oven, really. And uh, you're off to the races, and you will have just uh, an amazing meal. And speaking about vegetables, another amazing thing to make up is a stir-fry with it. Uh, usually when I make a stir fry, what I'll use is kind of the back strap and I'll cut it, cut it up into, oh, maybe quarter inch or thinner slices and I brown that up real good, uh, take it off, put it to the side and then I put in all my vegetables. Uh, usually I use like, depending on how much bear meat, but say half a white onion uh, that's thinly sliced and then half a green pepper, half a yellow pepper, and half a red pep uh, pepper. That's nice and thinly sliced. And I kind of cook that 
after the meat, then that way you can kind of soak up some of the juices that the meat has uh, let out. And cook that until they're nice and soft and translucent and very aromatic. Throw in a little bit of garlic in there. And uh, pretty well once that's done cooking up, grab your bear meat, put it back in there. Mix it up quite a bit. Put a little ah, small little chunk of butter on there. Just get a little butter flavor to it. And then what I do is I just use like regular teriyaki sauce that you can buy just in the little glass jars. Pop the top of that off, throw it on on top, mix it all up. And then uh, when you're doing it that way, uh, what will end up happening is you bring it back up to a real slow boil. Uh, you know, water boils at 200 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you're boiling your meat, it's going to be right around that 200 degrees, which is far higher than the 160 that's needed. And like I was saying about jerky, it's hard to actually sit there and probe how hot it is because the the meat is so thin. Uh, this way, if it's sitting in something like boiling, uh, you have a really, really good chance that it's going to be over 160. And uh, basically what I do is I just let it boil for five minutes or so, mix it up really good, uh, let it boil for a couple more minutes, Take it off and let it start to cool down while it's cooling down or while you're cooking it too. Uh, you can either make up some rice or any kind of noodles really and throw that onto a plate. Grab your bear meat, throw it on top of your noodles and down the hatch it goes. And uh, it's, it's a hit around here. We eat that quite a bit. Uh, a lot of times out in bear camp, uh, it's usually... Right after our birch season, uh, where we go out and we tap birch trees and make birch syrup. And what I'll do is I'll make like a, a garlic teriyaki sauce using birch syrup that we've actually made ourselves. And it's it's always a big hit out of bear camp. So, uh, yeah, any kind of stir fry or uh, pretty well any of those jarred sauces kind of a thing. It, it goes a long ways and uh, it always tastes usually pretty good depending on the sauces that you get i wouldn't uh wouldn't try like a sweet chili heat or anything like that there uh that would be a little iffy but like the general tau uh teriyaki eh, whatever else vh makes kind of a deal almost all of them taste great plus that way you get a little bit of vegetables in you <laughs> now the next one that i like to make it's kind of a a two-in-one uh, pretty well any kind of tacos or nachos uh, you can get like the little taco kits from pretty well anywhere like even I've seen them even at like 7-Eleven and stuff down there kind of questionable aisle but uh, with the tacos and nachos it's very 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 simple you brown your meat you follow the directions it says use what is it 125 milliliters of water the pack of seasoning mix it up throw it in there let it come up to a boil and again your meat's boiling so it's gonna be over 160 mix it all up put a lid on it uh let it simmer down and uh pull it off the heat once you boil it there for a few minutes and everything's up to temperature and then i put these two together because you can either continue on with that and make your tacos and put in your lettuce and sour cream and salsa and tomatoes onions whatever it is that you 
what jeez whatever it is that you like to put on your tacos or you can be like me and you cheat every once in a while and you grab some nacho chips throw them onto a platter put on all your bear meat and then put some cheese on there and some onions maybe some jalapenos banana peppers and then throw that into your oven for i don't even know how long it is five ten minutes i always just turn it to 350 and i just crack the door every once in a while and see if the cheese is melted and then uh pull that out of the oven have your little tub of sour cream and dip your uh bare nachos into the sour cream and give that a go and it's it's amazing uh every once in a while out at bear camp we'll fire up the generator uh put on a movie and have a little nacho night because we're there for pretty well three weeks so every once in a while we kind of gotta do a little something uh a little different in the evenings and uh so we'll watch a movie have a nacho night and man it it's always uh it's always nice when you you see the little pan coming out oh here's nacho night it's gonna be good <laughs> one thing that you you really can't beat too is just a good old-fashioned plate of spaghetti uh you know it's just like the nachos and the tacos it's kind of the same thing uh usually i just take a, a bunch of ground up bear meat throw it in with some finely diced onion i brown it all up i cook it up real good and then again if you just want to get real simple go down to the grocery store get pretty well any kind of jarred pasta sauce throw it in there mix it up real good let it come up to a boil and uh, while you're waiting for that to warm up, make up your spaghetti noodles. And uh, I mean, shouldn't have to explain how to make spaghetti. <laughs> Take your spaghetti noodles, put on your plate, throw on your uh, your spaghetti sauce there with all your bear meat in it, throw on some cheese, and it's it's just amazing. If you want to step it up a notch too, you can always make baked spaghetti. Where you kind of take your noodles, take about half your sauce, throw it into your spaghetti, kind of mix it up a little bit, throw that into a baking pan, take the other half, put it on top, take some cheese, sprinkle that on top, throw that into the oven on the broil setting. So when the cheese gets nice and melted and almost you see like those little spots of small burnt pieces, once you start seeing that, pull it out of there, let it cool down, and then you have... Uh, baked spaghetti and that goes just amazing with garlic bread garlic toast uh you know it's it's another one of those really easy things to make everybody likes it for the most part some people are gluten-free or whatever but even nowadays gluten-free spaghetti noodles uh they've come a long ways they actually taste pretty good i've eat them quite a bit myself so uh, it's one of those things where even if you have picky eaters, it it's still a hit. But even with all those recipes, the absolute number one favorite way that I like uh, bear meat is jalapeno and cheddar smokies. If you can find yourself a good butcher who has a good recipe, there is something just unbelievably amazing about jalapeno and cheddar smokies. Uh I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I've made a ton of smokies and sausages myself. I've had other butchers make them too, from moose, deer, elk, bears. But just the 
jalapeno and cheddar smokies with bear meat and a little bit of pork fat in there. There's something about it that's just takes it to a whole other level, especially if you cook it over fire. And pretty well, if you get any kind of smokies or sausages made up, typically with smokies, uh, your butcher, if he knows what he's doing, uh, he'll probe the smokies because when you're making smokies, the, you fully cook them inside of a smoker. So he'll check them to make sure that they get up to that internal temperature of 160 Fahrenheit. Uh, but if you're ever worried or concerned, take your smokies or your sausages. And this is a excellent way to add moisture to your uh, smokies and sausages as well is just boil them. Boil them for whatever it is, five, ten minutes, pull them out, and then fry them up or shove them on a stick, cook them over a fire, and it's a phenomenal meal. It is absolutely amazing, especially if you're out in the bush doing something, cutting firewood, fishing, ice fishing, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, it makes just a superb meal. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, too, where it's kind of finger food. It's fun to eat. Uh, it's fun to cook. And if you make it yourself, it's an absolute blast to make yourself, too. Uh, if you want to make your own sausages and pepperonis and stuff like that, it does take quite a bit of equipment. Uh, but once you buy it, you kind of outright own it. So it can be a little expensive at first, but it's like a one-time cost other than the seasoning and casings and stuff like that. But I've even made up uh, a bunch of black bear pepperoni there last year. Uh, if you guys want to see that video, I'll put a little link in the description below for you. And you can see just how easy it is to make. Uh, it's a little bit time-consuming. Uh, but really, as long as you get like a good seasoning brand, like High Mountain Seasoning, the directions are right there on the box. And as long as you follow the directions, you're you're good to go. One thing that I don't follow the directions on, though, is the salt pack. Uh, they say it's you absolutely need it and it's a must-have so it doesn't grow any bacteria in the meat while you're slowly smoking it and bringing it up to temperature. Uh, but when it comes to cooking a roast or like a brisket or ribs, nobody ever puts sodium nitrate in it and nobody's ever, well, that I know of, nobody's ever gotten sick from it. Uh, so if you don't get sick from cooking a brisket at 200 degrees for 16 hours, I highly doubt you're going to get sick from, you know, slowly making up your smokies in your smoker. So, uh, yeah, plus that sodium nitrate, it. It makes things extremely, extremely salty. Uh, so just kind of be careful with that if you're going to be going that route. So that all being said, you know, that's just a small little handful of recipes that I like to use. Uh, I mix things up all the time. I try different ways of cooking this. I've made up ribs. I've done like pulled pork sandwiches using the front shanks because there's so much sinew and bone in there. Uh they turn out absolutely amazing too. Bear meat isn't uh, isn't something to be kind of scared of. Uh, pretty well, just make sure that it's cooked well done, and you'll never have a problem with it at all. The only one that I wouldn't uh, suggest trying is cooking steaks, uh, just because a well done steak uh, it's not that good to eat. But 
that's where a roast comes in. You can thinly slice that up and make roast beef sandwiches, hot dips, whatever, you know, and it's, uh, man, it is phenomenal meat. Uh, when you're eating bear, it's kind of like a mixture between almost like a moose and a beef slight pork kind of a flavor to it. It's, it's great meat. Uh, you know, tens of thousands of people eat it every year, including myself. And I got my brother eating it, eating it, uh, his girlfriend, my girlfriend, my dad, you know, everybody that's ate it has never said anything negative about it. And they all think it's good stuff. And just as long as you cook it well done, there's no issues whatsoever with it. And, uh, in some places, I don't know if they offer it here in BC, but I know in the States, you can actually take a sample of your bear meat to the kind of fish and wildlife officers and they'll actually test it for trichinosis for you. But even with that, I would still just cook it to 160 just to be sure. And then uh, there's some myths that float around as well. Uh, some people say if you freeze it for 30 days, that kills the larvae. But it's, I don't know. I've never really heard any... Uh, scientific papers coming out saying that that's actually true and honest but what i have read over and over and over again is that 160 degrees fahrenheit so i just stick to that and i don't have any problems but anyways guys i hope you enjoyed that video hopefully that helps you out if you're out there uh in bear camp getting some bears here this spring please let me know how your hunt's gone uh like the video leave me a comment or two subscribe to the channel don't miss out on our bear hunts coming up here fairly soon, and we'll catch you on the next one.